This is the Westlake Nation Podcast. Powered by the Westlake Shack Club. At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by Independence Title. Appliances Now. St. David's South Austin Medical Center. Hat Creek Burger Company. Overt Auto Group. Our Way Appliances. Restore Hyper Wellness. And now, here's Joe Taylor with another episode of Shap of the Week. Visiting with our Shap of the Week, it's senior offensive lineman Leo Wolfrat, also known as Leo Wolfrat, the tight end, also known as Leo Wolfrat. Special teams, <laughs> Special long snapper. Team. There you go. Offensive lineman. <laughs> you got a lot of things on your business card here at Westlake Football, Leo. Yes, sir. I think it's awesome to, to really talk to guys like you who are obviously had some opportunities last year on the varsity, mm-hmm. getting your opportunity this year. When we say your name, I often jokingly say on the broadcast, best name on the roster. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not joking. It is the best name on the roster because it looks like it sounds. But when you jogged in off the sideline to create that extra man in that play down near the goal line, I knew something was up. And, and I just said, heads up. I literally pressed mute on my microphone and said, heads up. I think this is going to Leo if this works out. I know you've been working on that play in practice, but break down that play from your perspective. The week prior to running that, I got bumped down to the second string right tackle. So I went from starting. So it was really just like an opportunity in practice, like a way for me to get onto the field. However, like the Shabs can use my skill. So we started working it where uh, I'm the Y and I'm just an extra offensive lineman, basically. You know, we needed some weight at the position and coach decided to give it to me. The play, if I, if I remember correctly, I actually messed up a little bit due to like lack of practice because we didn't do a whole <laughs> lot of it that week, but installed it on Wednesday and Kaiser bumped it outside. I think it was like a four-yard gain. It's nice being on those plays where it's you know it's short yardage, red zone. We need an extra couple yards, and I get to jog out there and try to help. And I think also it gives you the unique opportunity to keep your competitive flow because, like Coach always says, this is a team that is not just a bunch of ones. This is a team that needs its twos and threes and fours and attack team guys. There are so many people that will end up helping Westlake in the long run, especially when you think about all the depth that you have. You know, 61 seniors is a lot. You have a lot of guys that have been playing football a long, long time, and it doesn't really matter what night they've been playing football. They've all put in their time. I liken your role as somebody who is kind of on that cusp, guys that could be starting, guys that most likely will start. You're one of those guys that embodies that, hey, be ready because you're one thing away from from being in the game and having to produce as a starter and, and living up to a certain expectation. It's a lot of being prepared for everything. Like if Jake Helms goes down, I'm long snapping on punt. I'm long snapping on PAT. If Richard goes down, if Bennett goes down, helmet comes off, you know, no matter what, if the offense is on the field, the special teams is on the field, I'm three feet behind Coach Murdoch just waiting for the word. And speaking of Coach Murdoch, there's a guy that I think a lot of people over the years as we have interviewed offensive linemen, in addition to being the smartest guys on the team, mm-hmm. which you know, uh, we, we all know that it's always interesting to talk to offensive linemen because you do things that literally nobody else on the team does. I think a lot of people can relate to, to the defensive positions more so than they can the offensive line positions. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to run schemes, coverages, all the things that have to be diagnosed at the line of scrimmage, it has to have this mental effort that a lot of people just don't have, in addition to a lot of people not having the size. So it's 
big and smart, and both of those are on the same wavelength, right? It's more, it's more of a mental position than really anywhere else besides quarterback. You know, you call it wrong, running back goes through the wrong hole, he gets smoked. If you don't get your man, if, if there's a miscommunication on the field, the whole play gets ruined. And it's very clear. Like, the offensive line is one of those places where no one really notices it until they do something wrong. It's a lot like punters, you know? Like, if we block perfectly on protection, he throws a pass, everyone's like, oh, look at Heath McCree, he just scored. But they're not talking about, you know, all the offensive linemen on the ground rolling around with the D linemen trying to get those five production points. Well, I love the fact that you bring up the production points because that's really that game within a game. We talk about the goal board, and every week, you know, there is no most productive defensive lineman yeah. right because everything the goal is the same get to the quarterback get sacks get tackles you know it's the same for the guys in the back end of the defense it is in the front of the defense but there is a most productive offensive lineman of the week this is what's always interested me and i'm sure it interests a lot of people but i'm curious how are you graded what are the things that go in without getting too much of the minutiae of the x's and o's of it how are y'all graded week in and week out it's a it's a really good scale and they use it for everybody like you know it's even across the line but i believe it's five points for for a pin, which is lock up, drive, take into the dirt, that kind of thing. And then there's dominations, which I believe are three points. And then great hustle and effort. That's another one. If you celebrate, put your hands up in the air. Let's go, Shafts. We just scored. You can pick up points on that, too. You know, just showing that you're living in the moment and really enjoying the game. You can get credit for that as well. Then there's also, you know, you lose points because it's a double, it's a double-sided coin. You, you, you could be tie nap. You could have a perfect game. He almost hit the record last week. I think he had 73, but yep. he could have had almost 80 if he had fixed two plays. So you lose, I believe it's three points if man makes tackle and two for missed assignment. That might be flipped. Yeah, it's just a great way to stay accountable and to keep the competitiveness because that's how you're graded. That's how your position is decided. Well, I'll be honest with you, Leo. It makes the opponent part of this completely disappear because if I'm playing for points, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like it, the, the game has taken on a new element. I'm not necessarily worried about who that dude on the other side of the line is. I'm worried about, okay, what do I need to do to get the points on this? Legendary baseball coach Augie Garrido would always say, hey, win the inning. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like you can win the snap because like, I know what I'm supposed to do here. You hear the coverage is called out and I know what I'm supposed to do here. If I accomplish this, hey, that's five points, or that's three points, or this is two points. And I think that faceless opponent, even though you have respect for your opponents every single week, mm-hmm. but that faceless, this is it's kind of right along the lines with the goal board. It, yeah. It's literally exactly like the goal board, where there's not an individual effort that needs to be celebrated here. It's a collective, but individually, I have the scale. Mm-hmm. And if everybody is working to get the most points possible every single snap, yeah. then success has to happen at some yeah. point. Coach Salazar gave a great analogy that. I've heard a lot about. I'm forgetting what kind of horse it is, but I'm sure you've heard it. If you, it's if, the mule. It's the mule, whatever it yeah. is. They can pull like 10,000 pounds, but if you get two of them and you hook them to each other, they can pull 30,000 pounds instead of 20. And it's because, you know, they want to compete. And it's just like that with the offensive line. If you get a, a group of men who just want to compete and want to beat each other as opposed to beating the other team, you start, start getting less of those 15 yard penalties. You start getting more of those you know, 50 points average on the offensive line for production. So I think also you look at the schizophrenic nature of a, a football player. He wants you to be, you know, the, the idea is, mm-hmm. hey, you're a gentleman and a scholar athlete off the field. On the field is when we flip the switch yeah. and you go into what I think is called nasty mode. Yep. You know, something like that that says we are not here to make friends. We are not here to be nice. We are here to play a very physical position. And I think Coach Murdoch talks about it even in the game day expectations. 
things. Football is a physical game, yeah. and I think the offensive line does a really good job at reminding people just how physical it is. Yeah, we we hear be be nasty, not dirty. You know, there's no there's no hitting people after the play, none of that. But between those whistles, in between the echoes of the whistles, you're nasty. And a lot of a lot of teams so far in my short experience on varsity they they like to brother-in-law they like to man the ball's gone i don't care that the ball's gone i want five points you know like i want to go pin you in the ground so i can get points and watch them on film tomorrow and smile with my teammates while i do it well, like, that's the thing is when you do it i can only imagine what that scene looks like because all of you sit together and all of you are watching the same thing and you're going over the film as a team mm-hmm. but the moments when really great things happen pancake blocks you know guys that clearly exceeded expectations on the play what are those reactions like i mean we'll watch that eight times in a We'll just keep watching it. We'll watch opponent scout, and Coach Murdoch always says, like, we'll, we'll be watching the ball. Someone make a play, and he'll be like, y'all are watching the wrong football. Look back at the line, and there's some little five foot five, like 210-pound offensive lineman just driving a kid for yards and yards and yards. And that's, that's a big part of it, like, especially even when we, we make mistakes in practice. Like, if there's a double pull on accident, and they run right into each other, we'll watch it, and then we'll fix it. Like, the film room is just a great place to be. It's a great atmosphere. Well, I think also there's a lot of self-policing that goes on there, and, and we've heard over the years that, you know, no one wants to be caught loafing. Nobody wants to be mm-hmm. caught taking a playoff. You know, we used to say things like peer pressure is a bad thing. I think in the film room at Westlake Football inside this field house, mm-hmm. film room is actually the best peer pressure because you're policing yourselves and you're not waiting for a coach to say something. You guys are holding each other accountable. Coaches don't see every rep during practice, but you better believe when they get up in the field house, they're watching every single rep three times over. So it keeps you accountable with the coaches, yourself, and especially your teammates. We'll, we'll send each other videos. If somebody's messing up, you're going to hear about it from as many sources as possible, and it keeps us all really accountable. Well, I think defensive line-wise, we've heard about the legendary defensive line text thread. I have to think that the offensive line text thread... It's pretty good. It's, yeah, you have to keep it moderately clean, oh, of but, course. but some, of the, some of the best stories that have come out of that, just being able to text each other back and forth. This year, this year we've we've delved into finding our teammates' moms' Facebooks, and then scrolling up and finding uh, like baby photos, pictures of us at like the beach when we're like four years old, stuff like that. You know, it's just it's a really fun place to be. Just a we actually mixed the O line and D line, so we have a trench group chat. So we, we got the whole trench in one place. It's a it's a really fun place to be. Oh my goodness, I can only imagine. You know, so defensive linemen and offensive linemen together in one text thread. That that sounds absolutely legendary. Right yeah, there. it helps bring everyone together. You mentioned brother-in-law earlier, and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the guys, they get into that mindset, especially late in the year, where you, and there's a phrase around here, iron sharpens iron, and a lot of people use it, but not a lot of people follow it. And I think when you have good on good, ones on ones, twos on two, you know, there's there's opportunities for you guys to make plays and practice. Yeah. And we talked about this a lot with Zach Martinez and Stephen Fuqua and all of these guys that have the opportunity to kind of play as attack team guys and backup guys, but the competitive nature in practice, I have to think for the offense and defensive line, is just off the charts you know when special teams is going on you guys are over there working against each other and and when we have to say this and for for the point to be really understood you're dealing with potentially one of the best offensive lines in the state and potentially one of the arguably one of the best defensive lines in the state a young defensive line when you have the two of them going together that is only going to make you better it is iron sharpens iron it's kind of hard sometimes to be like fully nasty against the defensive line because you know i don't want to hurt connor i don't want to hurt maddox but i'm not gonna get put on my ass in film that's just not gonna happen like i i don't really want to see myself failing on tape and we film everything so even if you do mess up or lose you get to watch it again and then next day it's we do it every single week like it's every single day i'm going to compete against whether it's colin connor maddox bain whoever it is it's 
it's competition. It's it keeps us it keeps us all accountable to do our best and not slack off during practice because it gets seen there. What's your favorite part of practice? I know it's it's hard to identify, but what's your favorite part of practice as you gear up Monday through Wednesday, getting ready for Friday? For sure, one on ones because there's just nothing like it. We're all standing around, all the offensive coaches, all the all the O line coaches, all the D line coaches, and then all of us just in a circle watching one another go at it, and it is. It's a, it's it's like gladiators, really. We're all watching, sharing, yelling. It's a lot of fun. But recently, I mean, anywhere that I get to go do something new, which for the, which this week has been, you know, a little bit of back. So it's been fun getting to go block and you know catch a couple of balls because it's something new. You know, it's something new to compete at. How are the hands? Are the hands pretty good? Fantastic. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> they're not letting the big man touch the ball if he can't hold on to it. So you think of all of the players that you could embody. I think it's easy for wide receivers, position player guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you can talk to defensive backs; they'll watch highlights of DBs that they like. You talk to wide receivers; they'll watch receivers, whether it's college or next level. You don't often get an opportunity to hear, "Hey, who do you watch as an offensive lineman? Who, who's one of your guys that you watch either at the next level or at the NFL level that says, "Hey, I kind of look like this guy. I'm kind of built like this guy." Do you do that? Is that something you watch and say, "Okay, I can embody this"? Not like specific players but every time I watch the NFL I'm watching it feels like I'm watching the offensive line really like the Westlake O-line we're a very mental group we coach Murdoch makes sure that we are all completely aware of what's going on aware of like the defensive fronts all that kind of thing in the NFL they adjust just like we do it's it's fun to watch I mean obviously they're in the NFL they get paid millions of dollars it's not the same thing but it's fun watching the guards collapse onto the nose when there's no one else in protection and I watch Jared Risinger do that every week just hitting kids over and over and over again it's just a, it's a good thing to watch anybody who's a step above you you know so college NFL any of that I'll watch whoever's on the offensive line Leo Wolfrat our shop of the week Leo one of the things that I think I can take from that comment is very similar to things I've said with coach Salazar things I've said out in the community I said look you know it might be a high school team but it's run and managed and coached and practiced like if it was a college or if it was a division one college or whether it was an NFL you talk about installs film all of the things that you hear in the episodes of hard knocks all the things that you hear when you watch NFL films or anything like that you, you hear the same things what I tell sponsors what I tell people that support the community fans I said look it, it might be a high school team but it's not run that way it's a collegiate team with collegiate coaches and collegiate practices and and it just so happens to be that these kids are in high school and I think that has a lot to do with the trust that y'all have in the coaching staff that they've developed over the last 10 years. I don't think there's any school in Texas that has the coaching staff we have. Like from the O-line perspective, Coach Murdoch, Coach Luke, they give us tips that I think college players are getting coached up on on Sundays when they're watching their games. Like in film, we're making adjustments that I, I that collegiate level players are making it's it's a different ball game especially when the coaches get that ingrained in you so early like we start with a lot of base plays in middle school and then we just slowly build up on them into high school that keeps us from losing what we've what we've learned before and just building and building and building and like week in and week out we have new installs that you know keep us from forgetting old things we'll bring back plays from three years ago against whoever we have that week because it'll work like our coaches have a catalog of plays a catalog of like fronts anything that you need like they have and they have it ready to go for whatever week we need it every wednesday i come into the field house to do this type of interview and every wednesday without fail during game week your boys are in the room mm-hmm. watching film they've got it on they're eating lunch there's a lot of communication that's going on there you know friendly communication yeah. at times but the culture in this place is understood but you have to actually go into the room to really talk about the the culture of each position and i think one of the strongest cultures and that's leadership obviously with coach murdoch but it's also leadership from 
guys that have come before you. What have you learned from the seniors ahead of you that have kept that culture alive in the offensive line room? The offensive line is like, it really is a family in every way, shape, and form. I mean, we're all brothers. We all do everything together. We go we go get dinner to, on every Wednesday night at Matt's El Rancho. We go to Amy's Ice Cream after. We get our dessert. We got a fantasy league. We, I mean, we do everything together. We spend two hours in the morning, an hour during third, and lunch together, Monday through Wednesday, every week. I see them more than I see my actual family. Like, it's, it's hard not to build that connection, that, like, brotherly love. And there, there is a lot of teasing and a lot of, like, banter between the group, but that's just how it is as teenage boys. What's the one thing that you're looking at personally as, as a goal, as a senior this year and a guy that's going to get a, additional playing time as the year goes on? Be useful. Even if it's not where I thought I would have been this summer, even if it's not where I thought I was going to be during spring ball, just be useful. Find a way to get on the field and help the Shaps however I can. It's not really my responsibility to tell the coaches where I go. It's just to prove to them that I can go there and I can do whatever they need. Final thought with Leo Wolfrat, our Shap of the Week. How do you get ready to play a game? What's your pregame ritual like? I like to watch a lot of film Thursday. Um, I spend a little too much time in class watching film. It really keeps me from losing sight that I'm playing another teenager. You, you can look at teams like like North Shore, some, some of the bigger guys at Lake Travis, and you're like, that's that's a big old kid, but he's a kid. He is 17 years old. Him and I both work out every day, you know, and I'm going to start seeing like what he does, what he likes to do, his, his choices on the field, and that'll just prepare me more and more for the game, and that'll just get me in the right mindset. Leo, I think we could do this for another half hour, but at some point, we've got to wrap this up. He's Leo Wolfrat, our Shop of the Week. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shack Club and part of the Westlake Nation media network. This is Westlake Nation.